What the hell is going on? It's me, Jay Caps, and I forgot my. I forgot my machine that has all my sound effects on it. So, welcome to the show. Welcome to the world according to Jay Caps. But this time, I don't have a buzzer to have making sound effects and also a sad, depressing song. So it's just going to be me on the mic, old school, classico, just doing my thing, all right? So what the fuck's been going on? Um, this, so I now work at a, um, a school for tardigrated youngsters, as I mentioned last week. I'm teaching art to tardigrated youngsters with also emotional problems. And it's a wild fucking gig, dude. A kid got pepper sprayed in the face by another kid today, which is a pretty cool move. I mean, respect. I don't even know the dynamics between what happened, but all I know is that I'm glad I still wear my mask. I'm still fucking KN95'd up. And nothing's getting through me. The reason I wear the mask is because I can seem more like a character from Squid Game and intimidate these people. Because intimidation is not a bad thing to have in a school. Um, And I want to absolutely lead with my weirdness. I want my presence to be understood as absolutely from another planet. So the divide between the tardigraded youngster, and, I mean, let's face it, let me tell you something. I have had a revelation since I've been working at the school. I now think that it's not the tardigraded youngsters, but we, the non-tardigraded people, who are the ones who are tardigraded. The, The kids are also tardigraded, but we're also tardigraded. I think that everybody in the world is pretty much tardigraded. Um... But in any case, yeah, I, um, I'm teaching art in this school. So every day I have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning and uh, take a freezing cold shower and then get my whole day started up. And then it's a really different, it's a really different uh, lifestyle than I've been living the last two years where I've basically been unemployed living pandemic style. Um, and uh, I also... So yeah, like so I go there, you know, early in the morning as you remember, but it's pretty cool. Like I'm actually I'm having fun. I'll tell you what I'm teaching. I'll tell you what I'm teaching the kids. I'm teaching them um very strict perspective drawing, like two-point perspective drawing. And as you could imagine, only 1% of the students are getting it. Um, it's very difficult. I'm, I'm teaching the most difficult possible thing to, uh, to the kids. But, um, you know, I got to like sit back and examine the move myself and think, why am I doing this? Uh, maybe as like, um, like trying to be like, oh, I'm so great because look, I'm going to, I'm going to teach this very difficult thing to these kids. Also, I don't have any experience with this demographic of teaching. I literally, just got the job and took it because I didn't have a job and was slowly going into debt because, um, you know, nothing else really uh, took me off the ground. And also, anyways, um, so not you know I'm I'm being I'm being a little bit hyperbolic. Uh, some the kids are actually getting it, um, but it's difficult. Um, but the kids are getting it because all it is is taking a ruler and drawing lines on a paper. So uh, there's a percentage of students in this school who just sleep all the time. It's part of their, I guess, individual education plan, IEP, which is a thing that teachers know about. IEPs are like a special little recipe that come with the student that's like, for instance, this kid's got a special thing where they are allowed to sleep all day and you just can't do anything about it. And there are kids like that. I don't know if they're sleeping because, I mean, I taught in high school, like non-tardigrated high school, and it was, the kids slept half the time as well. So there's just a more of a percentage of kids that just totally sleep all the time. Um, And then it's like however many 
uh, kids I can get to like hold a ruler in place and follow the lines. But the crazy thing is, is that I'm doing these um, two point perspective demos on the whiteboard with like a dry erase marker, and I'm getting pretty good at it, dudes. So come, uh, come season of um, what do you call it? what the hell? Come watercolor season, come plein air watercolor season. I'm gonna be doing a bunch of cityscapes i think because i think that that is a good use of this uh teaching experience but i do got to give a shout out hit the applause button hell yeah thank you so much for the school for giving me the job because i'm having i'm I'm at least getting up in the morning and doing something which um takes my mind off of uh Worrying about my ultimate failures in life and dwelling on stupid shit, you know. I think that's the purpose of having employment: is that you are removed from uh, the uh, the hovering darkness that's always present. The hovering darkness that that not only questions like what you give to the world, but also like um, the, your own failures of every human interaction that you've ever had and how you've screwed each one of them up and also how, yeah, so, okay, personal failures and also interpersonal failures. So thank God for having a job to keep your mind off of that shit because then we'd all be like two episodes ago. But it's so weird. Bling, 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 bling. That's where I would put the sad music, where I do a little sad interlude. But it's so weird how just two weeks ago, I was already like trying to share my most abject misery with everybody. And here I am on my third wind of the day after having taught a full day of tardigrated high school and then drive from Freeport, Long Island, all the way to Port Jefferson, Long Island, to do my second job, which I didn't quit because I like it, to teach the art classes that I already had on my schedule, I went and I still teach at the other art school, teaching um, digital and cartooning and all the other shit um, with just very motivated uh, kids, but also motivated, but also, listen, this podcast may turn into me just bitching about my job for a little bit, but um, that's the cool freeform feel that we do on this podcast. And also, listen, if you want me to talk about something, reach out and contact me via DM on Grading Animals, which is where I'm guessing most of you know me from. And anyone else listening is a personal friend of mine. So I I understand that I am, uh, what do you call, the falling man from the... Uh, from the 9-11 photograph, uh, maybe not as dramatic, but it, it does feel like that. I mean, maybe I should change the poster of the, of the, uh, of the podcast if it isn't already ironically uh, close to that. So what I was saying was, yeah, like I was going to say that this other, this other school that I teach at, well, I guess the bigger, the bigger thing is that I feel like we're all everyone in the whole entire world is slowly becoming more tardigraded and it's not necessarily a bad thing uh i've always felt apart from society i have ever since i was younger um the categories that i was born into like categories like um half hispanic half jew uh those categories both had a problem uh, incorporating me because I'm a I'm a weirdo, or just based on uh, blood, like you're not allowed in one. Best thing to be, by the way, best thing to be born is to be born a hybrid because then you get to you get to like tangibly understand how the world works. The world will discard you if they can't fit you in a box, and if the last five seven years are any indication. Everyone needs to make sure that you know what box they fit in. And it's gotten so it's gotten so bad that like it's a popularity contest for how you can represent the box that you define yourself in. 
And it's almost like, look, I'm safe. I'm this. I'm that. Whatever. And if you don't fit into those categories, if you've already been like discarded out of the categories that you were born into, I feel that is freedom. That's freedom to be outside of the of the temple, outside of the kingdom, outside of whatever is happening. You're not invited to the party, and that's freedom. That is also can be depressing to to not be part to not be at the party. Um, it seems like people are having fun at the party, but it also seems like people don't like being at the party. And if you're not at the party, you can just look in from the other side of the street at the party and just be like, I wonder what's going on there. It seems like it sucks. It seems stupid. I'm so glad that I was not allowed to be invited to the party. Um, And I mean, also, when you're standing across the street from the party looking at, and also it's cold out, in in this scenario, it's a cold, blue, snowy day. You didn't dress right and you're standing outside of the party and inside it's like, Like, if it's a cartoon, if it's a Chris Ware cartoon, then it is um, autistically straight up and down drawn where you are in purples and blues with snow falling outside of you, and the party is a window across the street that's in um, golds and burgundies and warm colors, and it's glowing. And the glowing is reflecting off of the off of like the things around it outside in the cold. But when you're outside of the party, you also kind of hate the party because they're never going to let you in. And it's something that you've almost created the only identity as you are also human like the people at the party. You also have to create an identity that you live in. But you you cobble it together with the scraps that you've been given. So the identity that you've created is how much you fucking hate the party and everybody there. So it's like, you're happily like, fuck everything. Fuck, and just fill in the details. Fill in all of the details that you can think of. Think of every entity and just put fuck in front of it. So, like, fuck the internet. Fuck Instagram. Fuck Facebook. Fuck Apple. Fuck Microsoft. Fuck Netflix. Fuck um, NBC, uh, CNN, fuck uh, Fox News, fuck everything. Uh, You know, I can think of more things, but like, I don't know. It's just, you get it. So, where, where was I going with this shit? I mean, really, I'm going until the inevitable first crash, and then we'll decide whether or not I hit the red button. To, to destroy the episode so far. But I feel a little punchy from all the work that I've been doing this week. And um, I don't think I'm going to do that. I don't think I'm... I think I'm done with that. Uh, also, thanks to everyone who has actually been enjoying the work, the thing that I've been making so far. You could not imagine the guilt I feel for, um, for not... Uh, being able to keep up uh, doing grading animals and all the shit that I talk about every week, like it really does kill me. And I feel like, um, well, you know, obviously you know that like my feelings, my failure feelings and all this shit, but um, that's where that's where we're leading to. So I have this, my new life schedule is that I'm working, I'm getting up early and I'm going to school and it's a very demanding um, position because kids are wild and there's like, you know, fights and shit and like that. And they're also, they have challenges, so they're not able to really, uh, you know, they're not like, a, like everything I give them and whatever, like I'm trying to teach them how to draw. The reason I'm doing perspective, and I'll be honest, is that it's, if, if I can give it to them, then I will be imprinting some very solid drawing techniques that if it gets into their brain, they're not going to forget it. Once they can see things on paper in um, in perspective and dimension, then it's something that, like, you don't unsee. And that's something, like, you know, I've been hired for as a leave replacement teacher. 
and my goals are I'm teaching them perspective and I'm going to teach them pro- the proportions of drawing a person. And if I can do those two things, I can leave and say, hey, I fucking did something that was valuable. And the people, look, when you teach art, you have to know that nobody gives a fuck about art. It's useless, especially to this fucking society, which devalues art at every turn possible. Like, in our lifetime, the powers that be decided from, instead of stealing all the money from musicians to make things more egalitarian, they would just make music worth nothing and let the artists starve to death, unless they were some type of... um, you know, there are there is a certain wonderful talent that can be both brilliant and also lowest common denominator. And it's like artists like um, who comes to mind, like the guy who created Gangnam Style, like that type of artist, simple, but also lowest common denominator so that billions of people can just get it in their head. Also, the Venga Boys, probably the two examples of like, Artists that probably could survive in this day and age. Uh, And it's like, fuck everybody else. But that's just an example of how um, little value uh, like art is. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't still teach skills to people. Like, for instance, I am not a type of person that like I hate, uh, along with everything I, I dislike, I also really hate um, contemporary art, like contemporary, like for instance, like you going to a, the, like the, um, the 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 Guggenheim or like or the Gagosian or uh, or the Whitney, or, and you see a bunch of shit where it's like it objectively sucks, but then you got to read some dialectic bullshit that's written on the wall and be like, oh, not only does this suck, but the artist needs to put a paragraph that has to face fuck me with their pretentiousness and I also hate it. Um, And there's a class of people that think that that's really good because they love to feel stupid and get face fucked with this bullshit that is a um, that is a money laundering scheme. Uh, And then it has been since the 60s but you know people enjoy uh, people enjoy the hierarchy of status and there, I don't know. There's some, there's some aspect of humanity that enjoys like going into the big city and then going to a contemporary art gallery and being like, "Adur, I'm stupid, so I'm never gonna get this. So this is real art. I understand it." Meanwhile, it's a fucking, um, it's it's a classist. It's this classic scam, classist and also classic. Um, Damn, I would be wrong buzzering me so hard if I had not forgotten the uh, my machine. If I hadn't left my iPad somewhere and I can't find it. But you know what? It's all good because I kind of feel like I do like this buzz, this buzz that I'm that I'm feeling. So where where was I? Holy shit! I I kind of lost my train of thought. I kind of wish that I did have a a, a somebody on the podcast to to do the show with. Um, maybe I should see if, uh, if, uh, Spencer Fulton bears around here. Let me just, let me just call him up like for a second. Hello? Spencer? Are you around right now? Yes. That's why I picked up my phone. Great. Uh, do, would you mind to, uh, you're on, you're live on the podcast. Would you mind just guest it, guest hosting with me for a second? I'm like losing my train of thought and I need to have you, uh, also like bail me out. Of course, Caps, you know, uh, what else is new? What, where, where were you? Um, I think I was talking about my job and then I was talking about how much I hate everything. Yes, I get it. Yes. And what, where were you then? You were, you were probably thinking of, you probably got lost when you were talking about how much you hate everything, and then you're talking about modern art. Yes, of course, I, I was good. You were, were you listening to the show? Yes, I was listening on, um, you know, I have the app. I have the Patreon app, so, you know, when you have the Patreon app, you're able to listen live. You're able to listen live to the show as it's recorded. Well, thank you. Um, 
well, anyway, I for, I did forget where I was. So do, do you do you remember what I was talking about? Um, it doesn't matter. Uh, why don't we get to some of the suggestions that were given this week? That's a great idea, Spencer. Thank you for reminding. We did actually get we did actually get suggestions. So let's jump right into them. Splendid. All right. So uh, we have a bunch of suggestions again from um, from the homie Richie Rich, forty two eighty eight. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna shuffle them into the deck and do them one do them like. One, and then we'll we'll do another suggestion from somebody else, and then we'll come back to his. Because shout out Richie Rich, thank you so much for liking the show, um, and uh, and um, you know th- you really keep it alive by by doing your suggestions. So the the first suggestion is question is do you wear hats? And the answer is I only wear a hat on one occasion and that is in the summer when i go out to do plein air painting or if i'm just going out to take a walk i wear a gigantic uh like a tilly hat kind of it's not exactly a tilly hat but it's sort of like um like an outdoorsman hat it's a big wide brimmed hat that uh snaps up it's not made of leather it's it's like um it's made of canvas or something like that. I don't know. It's like tan. It's like khaki colored. And that's really the only hat that I wear. And I wear it a lot in the summer because of the sun. Um, I just want to say that everyone to everyone that you really got to make sure that you don't get sunburned. Because sunburn can lead to cancer. And um, cancer is annoying. It's been known to be an it's been known to be so annoying that it can kill people that's how annoying cancer can be so i'm trying to avoid all kinds of cancers like i'm trying to avoid here's an here's a thing you can do if you want to avoid like other kind of cancers sun cancer if you want to get if you don't want to get sun cancer then you got to wear a big hat like that like i do um another way of avoiding cancer is uh you got to eat all different types of colors of food. So, for instance, blueberries, strawberries, um, almonds, lettuce. I, I say all those for a reason. Lettuce is green. Almonds are brown. Strawberries are red. Blueberries are blue. If you eat natural foods of all the colors of the rainbow, not only do you get um, the free radicals, the free radicals that kill the cancers but when you unify all the colors of the rainbow of natural foods there's a multiplier effect that really prevents cancer and that's um that's a little tip from your uncle j caps um so yes the answer to richie rich's question richie rich 4288's question of do i wear hats yes and if i find out that you also wear hats during the um, during the summer, then I'm going to say I'm proud of you because you should not try to get sun cancer, okay? All right, cool. So that was a great suggestion. So let's move on to a suggestion from Jessica Rain 01. Salute Jessica Rain 01, who suggests Marshall McLuhan. Now, that's a great suggestion. Marshall McLuhan makes me think of that stop-motion movie I think called Neighbors. Marshall McLuhan was Canadian, pretty much. I'm pretty sure, and he was an animator. And actually, I have. Okay, guys, do you remember back in the day? Like I'm talking 2003, 2004, when the internet 2.0 had just come out. Do you remember? And do you remember when Amazon was mostly only books? Do you remember that? And do you remember when the wish list first came out? And you could go on Amazon and based on the things that you wish you could get, this might, this, this might actually be this, where, this, where I'm headed right now might be overlapping with another question from the homie, uh, solely, and it's a bunch of other stupid letters, solely imiquigwabquab. I don't know. He has this, he's a 15 year old kid who, uh, is a friends with friends of the show grading animals. 
and he um he decided to give a suggestion this week, but uh he his name is ridiculous. Soli Mikwe and it's like a bunch of letters. But he wanted me to harshly criticize today's youth like an old man. And I was like, this is the, one of the greatest suggestions. But this Marshall McLuhan, where I'm going with this story is going to, it may, obviously it's going to make me seem like an old man because I was a, I was sentient during 2003, which I, which to me is like, uh, of course, like I was, I was, a tw- I was 22, 23 years old. But um, to people who are younger, they're like, oh, my God, being alive at that time or like being not a baby at 2003. But you know what? It's just like my favorite song by um, Quincy Jones. Uh, It's like uh, that song, uh, Everything Must Change. The young become the old. And uh, soon enough, sooner than you will think, you will be the ones who will be talking about the 2020s um, and how it was just like yesterday and you'll be talking about the pandemic years and people will be like, shut up, you old fucking loser. But joke's on both of you because the seas will be rising and it'll be 90 degrees all year round and I'll be long dead from a self-inflicted fentanyl overdose. So anyway, uh, we were talking about Marshall McLuhan. Now, Marshall McLuhan had made, he was, back in the 2003s, 2002s, 2004s, um, culture was not, like, at our fingertips as much. So, you even notice, when you look back at the late 90s, you look at back at, I guess, up until, like, the iPhone came out, you find a lot of times that people would define themselves by the things that the, the worlds that they aspired to pitch themselves into. And also, that's kind of a young man's game. Like, when you're in your teens and in your 20s, you're trying to figure out who you are, what you are, where you will land in the world. And so, just like I've said about the Hope Machine many times, you gather the, the wishes. You, ga- you gather what you wish for yourself. And when I was younger, I knew that doing something creative would be what I wanted to do, no matter what the, no matter how it all shook out. Like, from a young age, like, I always was creating things, and, like, I always, like, was part of, that was part of my aspiration. I'd either make, I was in a band, and I would make, like, zines, and I would just do shit. And so... Whenever I would find out about someone who lived in the world and did something cool, I would want to know more about them. I'd want to know how they got there, what they did. And when everything wasn't accessible, you know, you just tried to, you wanted to get a, uh, like a VHS or a DVD of it so you could find out about what they did. And Marshall McLuhan was, he was kind of like an experimental filmmaker and he was uh, an animator, and he was this Canadian guy, and already I, I was like super into Canada because of the kids in the hall, so I was like, this guy fucking seems like he's awesome. Um, he made a movie called Neighbors. I think it's called Neighbors, or it might be not called Neighbors, but I don't even have my computer uh, to, to fact check it, so you're going to have to just uh, Google Marshall McLuhan and see if this video comes up. But have you ever seen a video where somebody jumps in the air and they keep taking a picture of themselves jumping in the air and then they animate the picture of them jumping in the air so it looks like they're jumping around across like a field or something like that. Maybe you know what I'm talking about or maybe you are like, what the fuck are you talking about? But I'll further explain it. Marshall McLuhan made a movie where he basically used himself as a stop-motion thing. So he, he would stand in one position and take a picture and then move a little bit forward in that same position and then take a picture. So it looks like he was sort of skating across grass because he was taking a picture of himself. And he makes he made this movie that's like takes place on this big grass field 
of him and a neighbor sort of fighting in this stop motion thing. And um, like back in the 2002s, 2003s, 2004s, um, that was like, I was like, oh man, I want to see that. But I couldn't, like nothing, like YouTube had not even like come out yet or even if it had, it was like not even like what it was now. So you couldn't find shit. And um, yeah, so like I was like, oh man, I want to get this. And I put the DVD on my... Amazon wish list. And my Amazon wish list back in this time was all the shit that I wish I could have. Like I had books about um uh Pacific Northwest Coast American Native American art, which is another huge thing I love, and like documentary filmmaking and animation and all the things that I wanted to be. If you I actually ironically, my Amazon wish list, I never was able to ever purchase any of those things. So if you look at my Amazon wish list now, it's a time capsule of all of my dreams as like an, a young in my young early 20s. All of the things that I like wanted to eventually be uh, are like collected. And Marshall McLuhan was one of then one of the people who was part of like you could say Amazon wish list as vision board. Uh, so, anyway, so that is what I think about Marshall McLuhan. He actually is um, near and dear to my heart. So, check out Marshall McLuhan. If you're going to Google, if this little rant, if this episode, which is ultimately a huge rant, but this one part makes you check some something out. Check out Marshall McLuhan. He made tons of awesome experimental animated movies. And um yes, he's definitely one of the great one of the great artists of our time. Uh the next suggestion comes from Preston All the Way Superstar. Thank you, Preston. And it's sloths. Sloths. Um, sloths, a mammal that, you know, how did they even, how did sloths not go completely extinct, right? You got to think that in nature, uh, it's a harsh, unforgiving world, right? It's like, just think of your own life. I don't know. Maybe you know the the big thing nowadays is to like um to say that somebody's privileged right that's the main thing like that's if you call somebody privileged then you got their ass right but think about this like why it it doesn't seem like life is easy for anyone like even like for instance i've never seen this show but i've heard a lot about this show uh uh what do you call it? what the hell is it um it's about the rich teenagers who are all uh, trans and they all do a lot of drugs. Euphoria. Um, these kids are crazy rich. Like, they're crazy rich to, like, be living a life that is completely unrelatable to everyone who watches it. And they're like, no, I was not like that as a teenager. Um, but they seem like they have a lot of problems. They seem like life is not easy. But on paper, you're like, you're rich, you're privileged, you should have an easy life. You should have an easier life than I do, but it's not because maybe humans, um, even if they have everything, they create more problems or the simple fact of living is not easy. Um, in nature, it's very, it's very clear. You find that animals who are, uh, who are like, um, prey animals, animals who like, uh, are eaten by predators, they watch their back all the time. Like, Look at mice or squirrels, rodents. Rodents are a dunked-on animal, animal uh, genre who are constantly getting eaten by other animals. And they're neurotic. They're constantly afraid of getting eaten. And it's built into how they live because life is not easy. Uh, and then for, predator, for predators, they're like always ready to fucking go because they have to. Because like, they lose, they're like, lose, like, one out of every 20 animals they attack, they catch. They constantly take L's because it's difficult, because life is difficult. 
Um, but then there's the sloth. The sloth, it's like, it do, it's so fucking slow, and it's so um, not, like, ready to, like, you know, I mean, every, anybody could kill a sloth. Any animal can kill a sloth. That it's weird that they, uh, that they are even still around. There's so many animals that have gone extinct. I mean, I'm surprised that humans haven't uh, made them extinct. I mean, then again, we probably will make them extinct because the all the rainforests will be gone in our lifetime. Um, just what it is. Uh, yes, just what it is. So sloths, it's amazing. They're they're really like long for this world. Long for this world. That's a that's a phrase that comes into the lexicon, but I don't understand what it means. I feel like it's supposed to mean like they're not long for this world. <laughs> I'm sorry. You can buzz me in at home. I also think that not having the the sound machine is uh making the rate at which I speak a little too fast. But you know what? I will accept any feedback or criticism. If you cannot tell already, this podcast is me reaching out to the people who listened to or were a part of Grading Animals, trying to transform it into another type of community. Everything is transforming. Everything is turning into something else. Maybe sloths are also turning into something else. Sloth, as a concept, is one of the seven deadly sins. Sloth, idleness. And ironically, this week that I've worked at my new job and also had a second job and also not going to stop doing my shit here, and also in one month from now, I will be in Los Angeles uh, at the Sterable Festival, hopefully trying to wheel and deal my way into selling grading animals or finding a producing partner for grading animals or just really putting my best foot forward. And also... With Mares and Caps, we have our script finished, and we're also trying to get the business of making a film happening, which is a weird, arduous thing. And yet, in this week that I have this job, I feel like, for some reason, I'm being idle. Like, I'm not doing enough for the things that, for my passions or something. I really, this is such a... Uh, like a real feeling for me. I don't. It might just sound stupid to you guys, but it's very real for me when I feel like um, I'm not doing enough, or I'm letting something go, and uh, and I feel that way about like it, uh, like about my creative stuff because I have a job that I have to be focused on, and because somewhere deep down I know that like having this job means that I have to the reason why I have this job is because I was going into I was nearing I was going into debt and I was like this is like I have to get something. So right now like if I forgot I guess Spencer you're not even sorry I'm I'm just I think it's fascinating. I just want to watch I just want to watch you go. It's like you don't even take a breath. How is somebody listening to you going to even understand what you're saying? If you don't stop and pace yourself. See, Caps, this is the reason. You're right. You are not doing enough. You have to get back on stage so that when you speak in front of people, you can get back to the meter that people can listen at. You're you're like the, the Ramones right now. You're just going too fast. Exactly. So this is what I was saying. I feel like I'm not doing enough. And I got to fit in. I got to figure out how to also start doing stand-up again because, you know, I'm really depressed about that. Exactly, Caps. What you need to do is you need to try to uh, run yourself ragged and spread yourself so thin that you're doing everything at once and actually doing nothing at all. Exactly. That is, that's really the goal. So, yeah, so, like, this week, um, you know, I've been... You know, I've been very busy, 
like my schedule's been packed. I would say that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I do like between the two jobs, I do like a 14-hour day and then I come back and then I'll do the this podcast and then the next day I'll do the uh the Patreon podcast, which I know you guys listening um some of you guys are Patreon members, but some of you are not. Uh but I got to say, the Patreon it is great. It is great. I I will admit I get a much bigger uh, role on the Patreon podcast and what we're doing, Spencer, take over right now. What we do is, uh, for for the last few episodes, we've been listening to NPR's list of the 100 songs from 20, 100 best songs from 2021. And they made a list and they have all the YouTube videos of the list on their site. And we've been going through and not only have we been listening and judging, but I have been reading the blurb that's been written by the writers at NPR, and it is probably some of the stupidest shit that you've ever heard. The, the music, as well as these blurbs, they're so pretentious. Um, and it's a marvel. It's, it's definitely worth listening to. So uh, definitely join the Patreon if you're thinking of supporting someone who really needs the support. Caps has, is slowly going insane, and we're here at the ground floor. Where will this end? Who knows? But it's great to be here for it. So, anyway, Caps, uh, you want to take over this? I have to run to the bathroom. Of course. No, absolutely. So, yes, thank you. Join the Patreon. That's like a little plug. But Sloth. So, that's what makes me think of Sloth. Sloths. Thank you, Preston, all the way superstar. Um... And let's see what Ty Star has to ask me of this episode. So he goes, aliens, robots, mutants, and humans living together like in Futurama. Will it happen? Aliens, robots, mutants, and humans living together like in Futurama. Will it happen? All right. Well, Ty Star, this is what I think. So the last two weeks amidst all this other chaos that I've been going through, I also listened to the audiobook of my favorite book, The Overstory, and I finished it. And not only did I see amazing parallels to my own life just reflected back at me, like just a, a kid associated with a chestnut tree uh, falling uh, in love with a woman who hears voices, and then a guy paralyzed because his wife cheating on him, and then, um, what do you call, a deluded clown who risks his life, and another guy who risks his life, and having the creations that they made crumble in front of them, and the obsessions, and then looking back at things reflected backwards and forwards from your past and inverted into your future, and um, having blur, having um, stillness be a uh, like having your stillness connect you with everyone and overworking reduce your ability to connect. There are so many amazing, unique, and personal things that I get out of that book. But one of the best parts of it, besides all the besides all of the like crazy thematic overlaps was this overarching theme that everything is transforming into something else as we speak. For instance, the earth is transforming from what it was into what it will be. Humans are transforming from one thing to another thing entirely. Uh, um, Everything in nature, all the all the destruction, or just think of it, think of it as chemical change, like the burning, like something going from one state to another, and all of these things make me think of aliens, robots, mutants. Like for instance, aliens, um, invasive species, being displaced, being of one mind, fish out of water in a context that you don't understand. I feel alien 
in this world. I have a certain, like, system that I view the world from, you know, from outside of the party, looking in, that makes me alien wherever I go, no matter what. And robots, right? Robots, we have, we live in a fucking automated time where it's no longer somebody suggesting that, hey, check this band out. Now, we've relinquished all of our... Um, suggestions to a computer that do- that hates us, that's only looking to use our interests to fuel capitalism. You could call it capitalism, but it's actually a different mutant. It's a mutation that we don't even know about. We don't even understand what this new paradigm of automated, algorithmic fucking serving for your interests that we are like allowing our entire brain to like imprint with like your fucking like the folds in your brain are now like fit indirectly where you plug your phone into the slots and you just allow that to be a thing a complete mutation and humans right the the little humanity that's left after we've become these like alien robots that are just ready to like click to kill each other and then we have like a full then then there's like uh the threat of like actual real violence in our own lives but everyone's too plugged in and like uh what do you call dosed by the dopamine from the internet to like even truly give a shit unless it's to uh show how much better you are in a status argument so tie star Will it happen? It already is happening. We are in that future. Uh, And it's not fun and cool like Futurama. It's annoying and stupid like the current world that we live in. Um, And also, by the way, Soli Mikuab, Soli, uh, that's me criticizing today's youth like an old man. It's actually criticizing today's youth like an old man. I have nothing against the youth. If I am honest, grading animals is mostly... Um, the fr- the people who like the show are the youth because um, that's really who uses the internet. People my age, uh, they're settled. If you know, I'm uh, I'm still a loser trying to uh, exact my dreams from from life. But most people my age are normal, and they have like they have a family, and they uh, may have kids, and they have like uh, whatever they're doing, they're happy in their life, or they're not happy, or they're some variation of just like doing their thing they're probably a lot more mature than i am but um you know i think i'm young at heart in that um i still yearn for my own like uh youthful dreams (laughs) and i don't think that that's changing anytime soon and i think that when you are alive and you're inspired then you're actually ageless. Like, um, I don't know if anybody uh, also watched Joseph Campbell, but Joseph Campbell one time described the symbol of the cross. Now, uh, the cross, like Jesus hanging on the cross, but the symbol of the cross, he explained like a concept of what it was, and I really liked it, and I think it's like universal for just all living. So the cross uh, represents eternity in the field of time. Eternity in the field of time means that the eternal is not living forever. The eternal is that moment that seems like there's so much expansive space within it. And I'll give you an example. Pick a song in your head that you love, that just when it's on, it brings you to that beautiful place of joy or sorrow or whatever the music evokes in you. And it has to be a song you absolutely love. When you listen to that song, you're transported out of the world. That is eternal. Eternal means that you can, it's like, a, it's like buoyant. It's outside of the field of time. And, The idea of heaven and nirvana are the same type of eternal. 
um, one of the like Joseph Campbell would be like misinterpretations of of like uh, the Bible is to take everything literal. But who cares about any of that? I love that idea that the cross is actually that eternal aspect that like lives forever in a single moment in the field of time, our day-to-day waking up in the morning, drinking coffee, taking a shower, driving to work, all the fucking shit that we got to do. But within that, there can be a spark that opens up our perception to an eternal moment. And we've all had that experience where we are alive and we're like, maybe it's like going to the beach and you're like, getting hit with the salt spray of the of the ocean you're like oh man and like you you like the memory the thought of that days later like fills you or it could be like meeting someone for the far, first time and talking to them and the exuberance that charges the conversation like stays with you long long past um the 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 people that you may part you know you may part ways but you will think back to those early moments and they will be eternal so, um, what was that? What was the question? So, when I think of the youth, today's youth, and I'm talking about like I'm an old man, um, I think when you can attach yourself to the eternal, then you are young forever. And there is no difference between the youth and, uh, and the old. Um, on the other hand, uh, I don't like the phoniness of uh, identity politics and like this this sort of like uh, I would say like social cash grab of uh, of like, you know what? I, I always feel like uh, other people would say, I don't need to know about how you actually are. I can just look at you and know that you're bad based on what I perceive you to be. And that's how I think. Uh, I've I felt the identity politics world regards a person like me, and I'm never going to fit in with the world anyway. I was never going to fit in from the time that I started meeting people. So why should this era be any different? But if anybody out there thinks that their like generation has it figured out better, like the boomers are better than the fucking uh, Gen Zers or whatever. Uh, you know, it's like, stop, like, sucking on your own dick. Like, everyone sucks, okay? Everyone sucks, and everyone will misuse the experience of life for their own ends because we are all selfish humans, like a scourge upon the planet that will ultimately lead this Earth into an environmental disaster that will wipe us out, and then the world will transform into something else. All right, now I have uh, I have some more uh, suggestions by the homie Richie Rich forty two eighty eight, which we will close the episode out with. Um, and he asks, "When will I get hot babes on the show?" And this is a great question. I I have a lot of I have a lot of guests that I'm going to invite on the show. Some of them will be hot babes. I just know a lot of people, um, but. I haven't had guests yet. Um, do we need guests? That's the question. If you're listening to this episode, let me know if we should start having guests. And I will take, and if the, all the answers is yes, have guests, I will take that to mean that this is uh, an insufferable listen and that you can't stand having me on. And you wish that I would be on more? Yes, and that you wish Spencer Fullerton Baird would uh, take uh, the microphone more often. Absolutely. I, and, and listen, if you're out there and you would like me to host the show and not J-Caps, also let us know. You can DM him or you can, uh, I don't know where else, how how should people get in touch with the show? I think just DM Grading Animals. Um, yeah, I really didn't, I mean, I didn't think this whole thing through. Clearly. All right, uh, what's the next suggestion will be from Richie Rich 4288 saying, uh, what the fuck is up, Jonathan? If you've been listening to the show, you know what the fuck is up. We did that in the beginning. Heard any cool trumpets lately? Caps, have you heard any cool trumpets lately? Um, no, but that suggestion makes me think of a song. 
Oh, damn, I can't remember the name of the band. But I saw them once at the Cooler <laughs> on 14th Street and like 10th Avenue in like the Davidson family. Does anybody know the band The Davidson Family? They suck. They're an unlistenable bullshit indie rock band. But, or The Danielson Family. I think they're called The Danielson Family. But I saw The Danielson Family open up for a band I saw at The Cooler probably 20-something years ago. Probably 1999. Um... And then later on, when I was uh, at when, when I was in grad school at Queens College, uh, which I dropped out of, by the way, in the very last semester, um, I one of my adjunct professors was the trumpet player from the Danielson family, and he also was a uh, an art teacher at, at adjunct professor at Queens College. And I was like, this is pretty fucking cool. I know your band. And he was like, yo, yo, chill with that shit. This is my day job. And I was like, respect. But that's what the suggestion heard any cool trumpets lately made me think of. Because they have a very annoying song. By the way, the Danielson family sucks. Their ba- their music is not good. Objectively not good. But there's a song called, like... It goes like something, something on my trumpet. Dun, 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 dun. I mean, you know, on one hand, I've been indoctrined with the love of indie rock. And then on the other hand, I'm like, why have I grown up just loving an objectively shitty genre of music? Like indie rock is great, but it's also like accepting the fact that it's it the, the much of it could sound like shit and the players don't even realize it or almost in a modern art style we're like well uh we're boutique allowing this shittiness because it's art i don't know i'm both romantic and pragmatic and maybe being an ultimately a hybrid person not being one thing or the other but a blend of a lot of things will possibly hold me back from everything. But uh, so be it. That's the story I'm telling. Um, We have a couple more suggestions. Uh, Richie Rich says, Would I rather be compared to a lizard, fish, or monkey? Um, Hmm, lizard, fish, or monkey. That's a great... Well, when I think of being compared to a lizard, I think of being cold-blooded. I think of needing the sun to warm my metabolism up to do anything at all. And, you know, I think of the pandemic, and you know what? I did not sleep late one day of the pandemic. Most, like, maybe a few times, but pretty much I got up early every day and did shit. No matter how fired I was from my job, I kept, like, um, I kept my hours. You know, I kept office hours. So I don't know that a lizard would be. But on the other hand, a fish. I'm obsessed with the ocean. And aesthetically, maybe I do like being compared to a fish, like a shark. Um, but the problem is, if I'm compared myself to a shark, um, I'm cutting off an aspect of myself. Me pretending to be a shark, I think sharks are too cool. I'm not as cool. I don't I hope I don't um I don't hope I don't come off with a veneer of coolness. One of the big reasons of me trying to like open up to the audience was to show who I really am. The grating animals was a mask. The grating animals was a shark. I was like, I didn't really let the audience in too much, but I think maybe I am a monkey. Maybe I am a monkey. My monkey mind, my uncontrollable monkey mind, which I can't stop obsessing over shit. That might be... Maybe I'm a little of each. I don't know. What do you guys think? What how about how about you tell me what I'm more what I remind you most of? That's a good getting out of that question free card. Um he also says I should listen to Minecraft by Matt Inklo, which is I guess some indie band and I'm going to guess that that shit sounds like garbage. 
Um, anyways, one suggestion left, and from the homie Winwood LLC, and it's and he says, I feel like the algorithms have changed into epoxy-based logs, reels, and hook ads for. So um, it sounds like an algorithm wrote that suggestion, but I couldn't agree with you more. Ding, ding. And thank you guys so much for listening.